Hello and welcome back to Wellness with a Gynae Nurse. So today I have a very, very exciting guest with me and it's basically Wellness with a Midwife this week, um, which I'm so excited for because even though I do work in gynecology, you know, there is so much I don't know about midwifery. So yeah, welcome my guest, Claire. Hello. Thank you. Hi. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you. I'm really excited for you to be here because I think there's so much knowledge you can help so many women with. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So thank you for having me. No worries. So Claire has been a midwife for 10 years and has recently moved um, in the, since 2020, I believe 2020. Uh, 2022 I started my coaching oh in 2022 moved into kind of the coaching personal training space um, and really uses her knowledge of a midwife to help a certain kind of group of people so do you want to tell Claire um, everyone exactly kind of who you help what you do and how you align kind of being a midwife being a coach being a PT all together to help people yeah so um, I have been a midwife for about 10 years and um for most of those so for most of my 20s I kind of yo-yo dieted and I was quite overweight I gained quite a lot of weight in my late teens and I was quite like unhappy in my body and my health wasn't amazing and then in 2020 I found weightlifting and I started following people on Instagram who were giving really good sound advice luckily because it could have gone the other path mm. if, I followed, if I'd followed the wrong people um, and I successfully kind of turned my health around. I lost about 20 kilos in the space of about 18 months. Um, and after I'd sort of done that, I felt really liberated and I felt, um, like before, before I'd done that, I was always so scared of so many things, like to go into places like gyms and feel like I didn't belong. And it was so freeing to finally realize that actually I could do these things. And I really wanted to help other women do the same thing. So yeah, in 2022, I set up my online coaching um, to coach women and, and mainly help women with fat loss. Okay. Um, and at the time I was still working full-time as a midwife. And I think I had quite a lot of overwhelm and fatigue from working full-time in the NHS. So yeah. it kind of kept my coaching and my midwifery separate separate from each other but recently um now that I don't work full-time in the NHS anymore I have really wanted to incorporate the two together so now I have this uh second branch to my coaching um where I'm helping pregnant women and postnatal women lead really healthy lives as possible so that they can have the best outcomes for them and their babies oh, I love that and I I think from a personal experience of you know working with a lot of women in early pregnancy who you know maybe have struggled to conceive or have been through you know a really long journey of you know potentially miscarriages etc you know when you get pregnant you you want to soak up all that advice and actually you want to hear it from people who actually know what they're talking about um so I think you're doing a really amazing thing for women um and I can't wait to dive into it a little bit more um you know a lot of the questions that I got were around myth busting, around kind of exercise. So I would love to dive into a little bit about that. So say a woman has maybe just found out she's pregnant. She maybe goes to the gym regularly already. She feels like she's fit and well, but now she's a bit worried about kind of going into exercise. Is there any, you know, absolutely no, no things she should be doing? 
So generally, if you are, you know, fit and well, and you're, you have what we call like a low risk pregnancy, so there's no other sort of major contraindications to exercise, then you can carry on doing what you were previously doing. One of the big myths is that if you've never exercised before, then you shouldn't start doing things in pregnancy. And actually, that's not only not true, but it's also not helpful because we know that exercise in pregnancy is super important for women and for their babies and the outcomes that they have. Um, so generally, you can carry on doing what you have been doing previously. And if you've never done something before, you should definitely start to try and incorporate things. Um you really want to think about listening to your body mm -hmm. much more when you're pregnant. I think when we, for, for women who are regular gym goers and who like to keep fit and healthy, you can quite often like want to push yourself to your limits. Um, but actually in pregnancy, you do want to avoid doing that. So things like not aiming for progressive overload, not training to failure all the time, not really, really pushing yourself, but listening to your body, maybe taking it down a notch Mm -hmm. but still continuing to to do all those healthful behaviors for sure yeah I think that's really helpful and I, I love how clear you've made that actually um and I think that that's why I wanted to get you on this podcast because I think you make things sound really accessible for people and I think that when you're pregnant you want things to feel as accessible as possible because you know you're going through this whole hormonal change and you know your life's about to become that's this whirlwind yeah. And there's so much information out there and you don't know where to find it. So maybe let's talk about the woman who has never exercised, but understands how important it is to, so, you know, start really taking, you know, potentially better care of her body than she has previously. Where does she start? What does she do? Yeah. So, I mean, if you can access a pre and postnatal coach at the beginning of your pregnancy, it's a really good place to start because, your midwife will be able to give you lots of information, but unfortunately, I know that still there are the advice that is given by the NHS isn't always quite correct. And it can still be this thing of like, oh, you know, if you haven't done something before, you shouldn't start doing it. But actually, we know that that's not true. So starting, say, for example, if you wanted to start running or something, something like a couch to 5K mm -hmm. would be really good at the beginning of pregnancy because it's a really nice, gentle introduction to running like you do really short bursts of running mixed with walking and it, it builds it up nicely if you want to start resistance training um accessing a personal trainer or a pre and postnatal coach that could give you kind of like a nice simple like beginner's program that again you can get used to those sorts of movements picking up weights and then building it up gradually but again obviously not really aiming for progressive overload but just getting your body used to doing that sort of thing and keeping your muscles and your body as strong as possible throughout your pregnancy yeah um and I think that I think what you said there was great in terms of you know look to work as a beginner and don't feel kind of embarrassed that that's where you're at I think that's really important yeah, absolutely. You don't need to think like, oh, gosh, I've got to start like lifting really heavy weights or running marathons. You know, obviously, if you've never run a marathon before, don't start trying to do that in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. You've got to kind of take a sensible approach. And like we all start somewhere. And if pregnancy is the thing that is the catalyst into you starting to take better care of your body and think about your health a bit more, then that's an amazing thing because you're not only doing it for you, but you're doing it for your baby. So yeah, starting small. And one thing I would say is like anything you can do 
is better than nothing. A lot of the time we think, oh, well, if I if I can't do it all, then what's the point? But actually doing just small things will will compound over time and make a really big difference. Yeah, very much so. And one last question on the um, pregnancy and exercise that I got on Instagram was around um, a woman who um, has exercised most of her life. It makes her feel really good, but actually her pregnancy is very draining. She feels sick a lot of the time and she's actually struggling to feel, you know, that she wants to do any exercise, but she really wants to do exercise. What would you say to that sort of woman? So I would just say, listen to your body. Like some women who have exercised a lot previously will just assume that when they get pregnant they will continue on the same path and it will be fine but pregnancy takes a massive toll on your body it's huge you're growing a whole other human mm-hmm. and you have to remember that and there are so many changes physical and hormonal and sometimes because of the changes that are happening you you will feel like absolute shit so listen to your body and i would just say take it day by day and if you have three weeks of days where you cannot face going out lifting weights going for a run whatever it is listen to your body and don't do that and then you might have a few days where you're like oh actually I could go for a short run today or I could go outside for a walk today or I could go to the gym and lift some weights today so so don't put too much pressure on yourself exercise is really important in pregnancy but listening to your body is is the main thing and often if things don't feel right then they probably aren't right so you need to allow for that yeah and just take take the pressure off yeah yeah very yeah I I really like that actually and I think that um I and I always think about that myself like I've never been pregnant but I have always thought in my head like oh god like what if actually I can't exercise when I you know or if I was ever pregnant and and I actually think I would be one of those people who it would kind of bother a little bit just because you know I think that you know you see you see people having these glorious pregnancies and you know people feel incredible that actually there are those women out there who you know being pregnant is really really tough for them yeah yeah absolutely there are lots of women and I think I'm I feel the same as you like I always assume that you know if I ever choose to have a baby I'll have like a glowing wonderful pregnancy Mm. I'll still be lifting weights and doing all this that and the other but actually you just don't know what's going to come along with your pregnancy some women have really bad hyperemesis during pregnancy and hyperemesis is different to morning sickness. Mm -hmm. So morning sickness is like nausea, sometimes a bit of vomiting in early pregnancy, but actually having hyperemesis can, can last sometimes the whole pregnancy and you can be violently sick for your whole pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Women who suffer with things like that do not have the energy or the brain space to, to, to carry on how they were before. And it, it's really shit because unfortunately there's not a lot you can do about it, but you just have to be kind to your body and like slow down a little bit. Yeah. I think that moves us on nicely to kind of um, nutrition while being pregnant. Is Mm. there anything that you would recommend, you know, a woman definitely does actually saw on your Instagram talking about protein. Um, Maybe talk about that a little bit and yeah, cause I actually didn't realize this. So um, yeah, I'd love to chat about that a little bit more. Yeah. So when you're pregnant, obviously your body is going through massive physiological change. Your own body is like growing extra tissue. You're growing, a, you know, you're growing a whole baby. And for tissue growth to happen, you need a sufficient amount of protein because protein is amino acids. And we know that amino acids are the building blocks of life. Um, so 
the research says that you in pregnancy, you probably need about six grams more per day of protein than the recommended um, intake, which is currently 1.2 grams per kilo of body weight. So if you had, you know, a, a 70 kilo woman, you'd probably be looking at 80 grams of protein a day on the recommended, but you'd actually need a bit more than that. Um, I think for most of us coaches, we probably encourage our clients mm. to eat nearer like the two gram per kilo of body weight mark anyway. Um, but yeah, so having more protein is really important so that, you know, you can grow properly and your baby can grow properly. And then aside from that, it's really just, again, thinking about it from a sensible perspective. So getting lots of fruit and veg in, making sure that you're not eating loads and loads of really highly processed foods, hopefully getting a good variety of foods in lots of nuts, seeds, beans, and pulses will really help support your gut microbiome. When you're pregnant, your immune system is lowered. It has, it has to kind of um, deplete slightly so that your body will allow a baby to grow inside of it. And so you are at higher risk of like getting infections and stomach bugs and becoming ill. So anything that you can do to support your gut microbiome is really, really important. Um, the the myth that you need to eat for two is definitely not true so oh that's a shame yeah I know isn't it um but yes um lots of people think oh you know now I'm pregnant I'm eating for two but actually mm -hmm. your body's really really clever and what happens when you're pregnant is your circulating blood volume increases by about 50 percent okay and your baby gets all of its nutrients and everything it needs to grow from your blood so your blood goes to the placenta gives nutrients and oxygenated blood to the placenta and then takes away the like deoxygenated blood from the placenta and like replenishes it all so the way that your baby is fed during pregnancy is through your circulating blood blood volume and that increases by 50 percent when you're pregnant in order to be able to accommodate for that so you definitely don't need to eat for two but yeah just really focusing on like a really well balanced diet is is sensible Okay. Do you know what? I'm so glad that I got you as a midwife on to explain that because <laughs> I I actually don't think anybody has ever, like I've never seen anyone on Instagram explain it in that clear, decisive way of like, this is actually why you don't need to eat for two. And yeah. I think that I think a lot of women who listen to this are really going to resonate with that and really understand why you don't, because it's so easy to, you know, for people to be like, oh, you know, you're pregnant, you don't need to eat for two. But actually understanding why you don't need to, I think is really important. Yeah, for sure. Like knowledge is is so key, isn't it? Because mm. um, if you can understand it, then it's much easier to kind of put it into practice and rationalize it in your brain. And of course, like when when people are pregnant, like you know, you'll get cravings when you're pregnant and it's absolutely okay to have donuts and cakes and, mm -hmm. and things like that, if that's the sort of thing that you're craving now and again. But as well as doing things like that, it's about thinking, okay, like how can I nourish my body in the best way so that I'm, I'm, a, I'm allowing it to grow well and I'm allowing my baby to grow well. And also that if you can really think about nutrition in that respect, when you're pregnant, you're going to hopefully minimize the risk of things like gestational diabetes mm -hmm. um and hopefully contain the amount of um of weight that you gain during pregnancy uh because if you gain really significant amount of amounts of weight that can then lead to gestational diabetes 
Yeah, so just on that note, is is there kind of is there a recommendation in terms of weight gain when you're pregnant? Is that something a woman should be aware of? Should she not be aware of? Um, yeah, where's the focus around that, and what do you advise? Yeah, so it's really difficult because what you don't want is for women to become hyper focused on. Mm-hmm mustn't gain too much weight I must I must weigh myself every day and be worrying about this that and the other you want women to feel relaxed and just feel comfortable but the there is a recommended amount so if you have a quote-unquote normal BMI so between 20 and 25 the recommended amount or of weight that you might gain during pregnancy is between 10 and 12 kilos most of that is what's happening inside your body so increased blood volume placenta uterus baby extra weight on your boobs all of that sort of thing Mm -hmm. around three kilos of that is going to be body fat because your body needs to lay down extra fat stores so that you've got enough fat stores for after your baby's born if you're going to breastfeed Mm -hmm. so if your bmi is higher um, in the 25 to 30 bracket or the, you know, the 30 to 40 bracket, then the expected weight gain would be less because technically your body doesn't need to lay down as much extra fat stores. And then if your BMI is in the lower underweight range, then you might expect that weight gain to be slightly more because your body would probably need to lay down more fat stores. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What about a woman that's maybe, um, found out she's pregnant, but she's on a weight loss journey. And, you know, she unfortunately is sitting in, you know, the significantly obese category. What would you recommend to her in terms of what she does with her body weight? So we, we don't know whether targeted kind of fat loss is safe in pregnancy or not. There just isn't the research because it's obviously not ethical to do that sort of research on pregnant women. Um, But we do know that being significantly obese in pregnancy carries with it a lot of risks. You're, as I've already mentioned, at higher risk Mm -hmm. of gestational diabetes, things like preeclampsia, having a large for gestational age baby and also having a small for gestational age baby because your weight can affect placental function. Um, It can also affect what type of birth you might have. So if, if someone has been on a bit of a fat loss journey but actually their BMI is still kind of in that um obese category what I would say is all of the things that I've just previously said just focusing on a really well balanced nutritionally dense diet not specifically trying to eat within a deficit eating to hunger um and and listening to your body but yeah trying to fuel yourself in a way that's going to be beneficial so lots of fruit and veg enough protein um and lots of variety Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, like you said, unfortunately, we just don't have the research because it's just not ethical to, you know, diet pregnant women. So yeah, I guess that's something that kind of almost has to be a bit of a self-experiment if that's something that, you know, you want to do, but obviously is not recommended. Mm. Um, So moving on nicely to, you've now got this lovely newborn baby, Um, you know, what do I do? What do I do in terms of feeling good? You know, maybe I'm six weeks postpartum. Um, so I've had my baby, you know, I'm feeling like I'm in a bit more of a routine. And I just want to start feeling good in myself. Is there anything that you would recommend that I start doing? Yeah, so absolutely. 
first line pelvic floor exercise (laughs) talk about this all the time in in midwifery because they're so important Mm -hmm. um so pelvic floor exercises and breath work and really you can start that before like you can start that right away and in fact everybody always pregnant or not should be doing pelvic floor exercises and you definitely should be doing them during pregnancy and so after pregnancy as soon as possible start doing your pelvic floor because you're when you're pregnant obviously the weight of your pregnancy and the effects of um there's a hormone called relaxin which uh is more abundant in pregnancy to allow for your baby to grow and it relaxes muscles so it relaxes your pelvic floor as well so rehabbing your pelvic floor and your core properly after you've had your baby is really important and that's a really good place to start because if you can do that then you can build upon that and move more towards maybe the exercises that you were doing before and get back to the things that you enjoy um you just come in there that's kind of where then I come in as a gynae nurse because I see so many women who actually haven't taken care of their pelvic floor who need to come in for vaginal repairs you know And, and it might not be two years down the line it might be you know 10 15 years down the line and unfortunately what I was experiencing seeing a lot of younger women coming in for vaginal repairs um and that's you know basically those women whose pelvic floor has kind of given way and they are struggling maybe with prolapses etc because actually they have neglected their pelvic floor so absolutely is is so important yeah I think in recent years particularly in the trust that I work in we have definitely got better at providing that sort of information for women and we have the women at the trust that I work in now have access to um pelvic floor health specialist physios which they didn't before it was always like a general physio when they'd get like a printed paper leaflet that was a bit shit and I had like a few words and diagrams on and you know you chuck it in your bag and you forget about it because you've just had a baby but now they get access to an app and they can be home if they want to be um so I I think I and I hope like that's what's happening throughout the country that this kind of advice is getting better because if you like don't take care of your pelvic floor Mm. it can affect the whole rest of your life like your pelvic floor is integral to bladder control control of your back passage it plays a huge role in sex obviously holding up all of those organs and um you know you mentioned about prolapse and I think there was a um statistic uh I can't remember what it is now but like so many women actually live with some sort of Mm. prolapse and they don't know about it because when you think of prolapse you think something's hanging out maybe yeah but actually sometimes it's just that maybe your bowel is pushing on your vaginal wall or you know it doesn't have to be that dramatic but actually you can live with it and not know but actually it can have quite a big effect yeah and I think just on on that note as well when I think when a lot of people think about you know prolapses pelvic floor issues they think of you know the 18 90 year old woman but actually it's affecting people much much younger these days um so yeah it's definitely definitely something that everyone should really be aware of so aside from pelvic floor, where would where would we move to next in terms of movement, exercise, getting yeah. back to my normal routine? Yeah. So you want to do like a gentle, probably if you're thinking about moving back into um, something like resistance training, 
you want to do like a gentle program and, and build it up slowly. Um, so like having blocks of maybe like six weeks um, of progressing things is is a great place to start. Don't go back into doing like really heavy deadlifts or anything like that straight away. But body weight exercises, body weight squats, um, glute bridges, that sort of thing. And while you're doing that, doing some breath work, which will help you kind of become more aware of how your pelvic floor is functioning while you're doing those sorts of things. The other thing that I would always say for women who've had a baby, if they are able to, if they can access a women's health physio who can actually assess their pelvic floor, that's gold because they will be able to tell better than anybody is their pelvic floor too weak? Is it too strong? Because I think there's a, a misconception mm-hmm. as well about, you know, you will experience things like incontinence if your pelvic floor is too weak, but actually it can happen if your pelvic floor is too strong as well. I mean, you probably will know this better than I do, but I think being able to access a specialist who can really um, pinpoint where things are at for you and then say, actually, yes, you're okay to kind of carry on as normal is, is really important. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I don't know if you know anything about um, Tia, the CrossFitter, No, I don't think I know. So she's the fittest woman in the world and she's recently had a baby. (laughs) Right. Recently had a baby. And one of the biggest things she talks about is that she has pulled in so many pelvic floor experts from around the world because actually we don't have all the information. So she wanted to really educate herself on exactly what she could do, what she couldn't do, because even at the level she's at, she was saying that she was struggling to get back up into lifting heavy weights because actually she, she didn't feel strong in that area. So I think it's really important what you said about, you know, taking your time, easing back in slowly, prioritizing pelvic floor, um, And not putting too much pressure on yourself. Yeah, always like, you know, and it depends on what type of birth you've had, right, as well. Because Mm -hmm. if you've had a C-section or you've maybe had like a third or fourth degree tear, like things are going to be slower and that's okay. And actually that's important to take them slower because what you don't want to do is go balls to the wall with it and then cause yourself more damage. You really want to think about rehabilitating your body rather than like I must be you know I must lose all my baby weight and I must be really strong again you want to think about rehabilitation and building that up slowly yeah yeah lovely so just kind of then coming on to you know dropping baby weight if that's kind of what you would like to do as a woman um where where do where do I start with that what what are the recommendations in terms of kind of going back into a calorie deficit etc Yeah, so you can definitely safely go into a calorie deficit after you've had a baby. Um, There are considerations to make if you're breastfeeding. Um, So what I would say for anybody is I wouldn't be putting anyone into like a targeted specific calorie deficit before kind of four weeks postnatal because A, you're probably not really going to have the brain space for it. But B, if you're breastfeeding, you really want to make sure that your milk supply is established Uh, which it will be by four weeks. And also that any kind of teething problems that you're having with breastfeeding. So logistical things like is baby latching to the breast properly, that sort of thing, that all of that has kind of been overcome. Um, From the research, we know that probably around 1800 calories is 
a, a nice place to start for women who are breastfeeding if they want to be in a deficit. Breastfeeding itself uses around 500 calories a day. So there's there's different research. Some research says five to 700 calories. Some research says like three to 500 calories. So we know it's kind of in the region of that 500. Mm-hmm. And for some women, that will mean that they will just lose body fat without really thinking about it because maybe they're not somebody who overeats much and maybe they are quite active but we know for lots of women that's not the case so it is safe to go into a calorie deficit and start around the 1800 mark and then adjust as you need to and what I would always say is if you're going to adjust it I would look at can you increase your energy expenditure first before you're decreasing your calorie intake Um, and then just keeping a close eye on your milk supply and whether you feel that anything's changed or actually if it's all okay you can keep going yeah I think that that's really useful what about the woman maybe who's decided that she for one reason she can't breastfeed or she doesn't want to um you know and she's choosing to bottle feed would it be more more challenging for her to drop body fat um potentially because she doesn't have that extra she's you know she's not going to be spending that extra 500 calories a day but actually probably no more challenging than it would have been pre-pregnancy um so again it's just thinking about it from a sensible place if you want to track food and track calories then you absolutely can you can probably play around a bit more with your calories if you're if you are formula feeding because then you know, you don't have that consideration about your breast milk to make. Um, But again, like the same advice as in pregnancy, within that, whether whether you're eating in a calorie deficit or not, focusing on nutritionally dense food, getting a wide variety of food in, enough protein, enough fruit and veg, and, and trying to, you know, if fat loss is your goal, trying to reduce like really highly processed foods where you can because that will just kind of naturally bring things down as well yeah great yeah I think that that's really helpful and I actually got that question so I'm sure um hopefully the ladies listening who asked that question um so in terms of um just going back to kind of breastfeeding is it true and maybe this maybe this is not true but does it help um, bridge your stomach your um, stomach muscles back together breastfeeding um, or is that a myth I think that is a myth okay. what, what happens when you breastfeed is that you release oxytocin and mm-hmm. oxytocin is the same hormone that makes your uterus contract when you're in labor right and so when you release oxytocin when you're breastfeeding it helps your uterus contract back down right. to where it would have been pre-pregnancy so a lot of women who are breastfeeding will experience in the early weeks sometimes quite painful period pains that's because all of that oxytocin is helping your uterus contract back down so that might have been where that came from but I've not heard that it can help like bring your abdominal muscles back together I I can look into it for sure okay oh yeah I mean yeah that's I, I wasn't sure the answer to that either so um yeah thank you for that it might just be that like as your uterus comes back down and everything settles then obviously naturally your abdominal muscles will kind of come back together a little bit but breastfeeding definitely helps helps kind of contract your uterus back down more quickly than it would if you weren't breastfeeding okay um okay so that is um 
prenatal, postnatal diet and exercise and breastfeeding. The other thing I wanted to discuss was body image. Now, yeah. I think there's maybe this misconception that, you know, everyone that gets pregnant will feel super comfortable in their body and they'll embrace it. And do you have any advice for anybody that maybe is feeling a bit uncomfortable? Um, you know, their, their body image is, you know, maybe not where they thought it would be um, yeah. while they're pregnant and then when they're given birth. Yeah. So uh, first of all, it's really normal to to be worried about your body changing. I think there's, like you said, there's this misconception that like when you get pregnant, you'll be glowing and you'll feel wonderful and it will be amazing and you'll really connect and embrace everything. And, you know, a lot of women don't. And particularly if you're somebody who is really into fitness or maybe you've been on you know a journey similar to me because I when I think about having a baby that is one of the things like speaking really honestly here that's one of the things that I consider is like wow how would I feel about my body changing in that way so first thing is know that it's like completely normal to feel like that and it's okay and you don't have to feel any shame around that um but there are definitely things that you can do to help with that so for example, if you can continuing to exercise in pregnancy, because that really helps you connect with your body and feel like you probably have some kind of control over what's going on. Um, and then trying to connect with the pregnancy itself and with your baby. So lots of touching your bump, lots of talking to your baby, because that will really, um, yeah, like help you connect with your baby and realize that actually your body is doing this amazing thing and she's got to change to allow that to happen. And you're going to have this amazing baby at the end of this. And the more you can connect with your baby, I think the more acceptance that will bring. Um, and I think, you know, trying to block out the noise of other people and it's really unhelpful because so many people will say when you're pregnant, oh, gosh, aren't you big? Or, you know, look at you and like comment on your body. And it's just so unhelpful. But anything you can do to kind of like block out that noise um, is going to be really helpful. And and just know that like it, it's a temporary thing. You're not going to be pregnant forever. And although it might seem like a long road at some point, you will get back to a place that you were in before and actually you might have a new kind of respect for your body you'll be in awe of her because she's done this incredible thing and she's brought your child into the world and like that's pretty amazing that your body's been able to do that yeah I, I I've actually um had a couple of clients who have said that to me like you know they they want to drop body fat but they're not looking to go anywhere near where they were maybe pre-pregnancy because now they understand that their body is made for more um yeah, which I think is amazing yeah the female body is just incredible yeah I think that that's really cool and also um I have a friend who's had a couple of babies and she says everyone knows I'm pregnant before I even tell anyone because my face just balloons and I just end up with this big round face and she's like it makes me feel so self-conscious but actually she's like now I look back I'm like it was just a moment in time yeah it's just a small moment in time mm -hmm. and then it passes and like if you can try to enjoy it while it's happening then do I know that pregnancy isn't enjoyable for everybody but if you're you know worried about um like your body image too much that's going to take away more enjoyment from it so it's it is easier said than done but 
doing these small things like trying to connect with your baby and like doing some exercise and doing things that makes you feel good will hopefully help kind of alleviate some of that so that you can relax a bit and you can try and enjoy it and remember that like yeah it is just a moment in time yeah I think that's a really lovely 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 note to end on um like I know that you know you you will have helped so many women like putting all the information together and I know you've got this incredible new program that's just come out so I don't know if you just want to mention that because you know I can think of plenty of people that that would definitely help yeah I'd love to thank you so um I have the first program that I'm launching is a postnatal program it's called postnatal power to help give you power back over your body and over your mind um and it's an 18 week program um and it will be split into three phases of six weeks so the first six weeks is like a gentle kind of rehab back into everything um and then the next two weeks will kind of progress from there and it's it's a hybrid of like one-to-one coaching and group coaching so you'll have all the benefits of group coaching with the other women we're going to be doing weekly coffee mornings over zoom there'll be the whatsapp group that you'll be in so everyone can kind of connect with each other because a lot of women experience the same sort of like stresses and things um and then you'll also get one-to-one private check-ins with me but I'm hoping just to create this like really nice um community spirit and help women have some time in their day that is just for them because one of the things that so many women say to me is I feel like I've lost myself or I don't feel like me so the the point of this program is to help you um, have that small pocket of time where you are just you, you're not mum, you're not a wife, you're not a friend, whatever, you're just who you are. And this is for you so that you have capacity to deal with everything else in a much easier way. I mean, that all sounds amazing. Yeah. And, you know, if you are pregnant or, you know, you've had a baby and you are listening to this, please, please, please go and check Claire's page out. I will link it all below um go and check this program out because I actually think this is one of the missing pieces in the um online kind of coaching fitness space and I think what you know it's going to be an incredible community that Claire builds here so yeah please do go and check that out what 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 is your Instagram called at body birth beyond lovely well thank you very very much for um coming on um it's been great to chat to you today having me I've loved it Lovely. Well, take care, everyone, and I shall speak to you soon.